And she takes his hand and puts his fingers in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, vomit in my mouth. Like, that's so gross. But he doesn't like, until she realizes it's not Bud, then he kills her. But, she but like, he he lets that beat go on for oh, like quite a bit. I feel like I would know what my boyfriend's hand feels <laughs> or tastes, tastes like. like. Yeah. Like, if it just said, so ra- his hand is gross. You yeah. see how gross his hand of was? Course I was it's like, gross. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store, in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutia, and ultimately illuminating, illuminating the path, path to survival. survival. We still rolling? Yeah. Okay, hello everyone. Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. We are the first first podcast from Indie Popcorn recording here at the Circus. This is episode 43, entitled I Shot Him Six Times. We're doing Halloween 2, 1981, the beginning of our sequel madness. Yeah, you gotta do it. We have so many sequels to get through yeah. in our notebook that we need to start uh Tearing these suckers down. Yeah, just we're going to have a short little run of sequels. The next four episodes will all be sequel-tastic. Um, and because, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of the whole horror genre. So we got to we gotta tackle it. It's got to happen. I have to say, though, like, I kind of wish it wasn't. I'm, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm really of the, like, if it's great and it's you just, that's right. all you need, you know, and then that's, I'm in the wrong genre for that. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, and also, too, there are definitely sequels that do surpass the original, like in multiple genres, not just horror films. Um, but it is rare. I mean, for the most part, it's like you there's so much that you get from the first one that the second one, it's just, you know, unless you're really thinking outside the box or reinventing the wheel or doing a lot of other different stuff, it just it tends. It's an uphill battle. It I think. is. Yeah. It is. But we have to tackle this battle. So let's begin now. Yes. Um, before we start, um, uh, one of the uh, sequels, Scream 2, uh, Randy has that that's not the one that we'll be doing today, but um, the character of Randy has a great little speech where he talks about what he thinks makes a good sequel in a, another meta moment of that film. And Randy's one of our heroes. Yeah, so I felt like I have to read it just to kind of set the stage for everyone. So uh, Randy says, there are certain rules that one must abide in order to create a successful sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore, carnage, candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never ever... And that's when Dewey cuts him off. Um, So we never know. Um, And then also Randy dies. Oh, we'll never, never know. They did. They did. Because I think that's part of it in sequels is I think you need to have a shocking death. Right. And especially if you're bringing core characters back. We'll discuss this in a later episode. But I feel like that is a component that, at least for me, makes a horror movie sequel successful. Is I feel like if you're going to bring core characters back, which I think has pluses and minuses, some, one of them's got to go. You yeah. know? And I feel like it's, you know, it's got to be one of the favorites. So them's the breaks. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's tackle Halloween, too. Yes. Uh, the tagline for this movie, uh, from the people who brought you Halloween, more of the night he came home. So this is kind of one of the ways in which sequels are done. And and that's this is the reason why Julie and I chose this one is uh, the way that they decided to do Halloween 2 is to literally pick it up the moment that the first one ends, which I think is a really interesting idea. Like mm-hmm. literally just, you know, it's not five years later. It's not someone else moved into the house. It's like we're back with Lori. Two seconds 
scenes after the original, the credits rolled for the first one. And I think that's kind of a cool way to start. I wish more movies would do it, to yeah, be honest. Just be too. like, okay, just continue on. Yeah. Just like, you know, because mo- most movies have an ending where you could just pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point of that ending. Yeah. And so like this one just literally does does yeah. that. It, well, especially so because awesome. like the ending for the first Halloween is such a cliffhanger where it's like, you know, you've shot him, out the window he goes, and then you look and he's gone. Cut to Jamie Lee crying. Cut to credits. Like, you know, yeah. Um, uh, so John Carpenter did not direct this film. He was not interested. Uh, but he did uh, produce, supervise, co-script, yes. music, po- post-production. Yeah. Uh, I'll Advise. Be, I'll be involved, but I will not direct. <laughs> going to do everything, but actually. Everything, but actually direct. Right. So Rick Rosenthal is the director of this movie. Yeah, because uh, John Carpenter said he didn't think there needed to be a sequel. But then, well. Yeah, right. The need going. versus we want more money, you know. Um, so the beginning, the first like three minutes of this movie is the last three minutes of Halloween. Uh, but it's but some of it is reshot. Okay, so this is this really yes. So I'm when giving I watched, Julia a look. Mer- really? All right. So I watched it this time, and and in the beginning when Michael gets shot, I counted the shots because that's the kind of nerd I am. Sure. And there were seven shots. Okay. And I was like, okay. And then he goes on to talk about that this whole fucking movie about <laughs> right. how he shot him six times. I shot him six times. And I'm like, no, no, no. You shot him seven times. What? And then so then I go back and I was like. I watch the end of the Halloween uh-huh. and he does shoot him six times. Ah, So there's what? someone made, I, watch it and find out. Someone made a mistake and there's seven shots in the beginning of this one. Really? But he actually shoots him six times at the end of the original Halloween. That's so So funny. there's actually a bit of footage that's reshot of him stumbling back off the balcony. And that's different, right? That's different. Yes, they like reshot the house a, is different. a bit of that. Right. So like it's the last three minutes, but it's actually the new three minutes. Okay. Because there's of. stuff in it though, because also this is the, like in it, you can, there's a bunch of shots of her cowering of right. her being like it was the boogeyman and all that all that's from the original film yes um so then it seemed like then it's like he comes outside to look for michael and that's the beginning of like the new stuff and i will say that i feel like the way in which rick rosenthal decided to do this is really not only pick it up the minute at the moment after the first film ends but also the style is copied pretty much verbatim yeah. like almost immediately we go into an extremely long michael pov tracking shot that goes through the neighborhood he sees like skulking about and um and that's totally pulled from like the beginning of the original halloween and i love that uh someone says to to dr loomis i've been trick-or-treated to death tonight and yeah says, you don't know what death is you have no idea but dr loomis just going around <laughs> spreading cheer wherever he goes he is a happy fella um so yeah so basically it's like michael just kind of skulking through the neighborhood lots of pov um loomis sees a, a police officer and does his does his i shot him six times six times i shot him six times he's not human um and uh and michael kind of and so like they drive off and then michael stalks an old couple who are watching not a living dead not a living dead mm-hmm. uh which and which is great but wh- why does he not kill that couple there's a lot of questions I have about okay, this because you and you and I have some, some questions. We have about I have Michael a lot Myers. of questions about Michael and Myers. So this was yeah. my first one. Why does he? If he's just like on a bloodlust, why does he not kill this couple? Right, because he's not yeah. supposedly. Like supposedly, he's getting Lori for a specific reason. But right. he decides he steals a, a knife from an old couple. Decides not to kill them, but then immediately goes next door and then kills this girl neighbor girl just out of nowhere i guess this might go back to the discussion we had where i thought that maybe there's like some repressed sexual things about michael because of the posing of the girls and the watching of the girls and like watching them make out with their boyfriends so it's like he can only kill people mostly women that he's sexually attracted to 
Uh, Maybe. Not, it's not going to follow. I know. It's going to last like 45 minutes and yeah. this whole theory is going to fall apart because uh-huh. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, okay. so I don't get it. Someone could, on the internet can explain to me. Maybe he's like, they're watching Night of the Living Dead. They obviously have taste. <laughs> I'll let them live. He's a snob. That's yeah. Michael Myers' main problem. Snob. He's a movie snob. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he skulks around, kills this random girl, and then um, Lori is wheeled out of her house in probably the worst wig we've yeah. ever seen. In cinema, you're one gonna, of the worst wigs. You're going to have to get used to this wig. Yeah. This, is, this wig is this movie. Yeah, this wig is this movie. So, like, you know, it's been three years, I think, since the original. And Jamie Lee Curtis had started wearing her hair shorter, as she now does. And uh, so they're like, well, it's fine. We'll just put the same clothes on her and throw this wig on her. And this wig, you you just can't look away from it. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's it's really, really is bad. Is it really only a girl thing? The guys notice the wig? I don't know. Good question. These girls are like, ha- oh, my God. Guys better notice this wig because this wig is atrocious. Yeah. Especially because they use some shots from the original film in the beginning of this film. So you just saw her real hair. Yeah. If it was like, oh, no one's going to remember what her hair looked like three years ago, fair play. But you just saw it. So when she comes wheeled out, I think it's a different color, too. You're like, movie. Come on, movie. Um, so, yeah. So she's wheeled out. Um, she begs them not to put her to sleep in the ambulance. Like, don't let them put me to sleep. I don't want to sleep. Uh, fair play. And we get to meet uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Played by Lance Guest, who is an adorable EMT. We love Jimmy. Also, boys don't notice that either. It's, no. It's just you and I. Um, He's adorable. He is adorable. Um, and he recognizes Lori because his brother goes to school with her. Um, so he recognizes her and they take her off uh, to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, which will be the setting for uh, for Halloween 2. Um, and then we, uh, so as they first show up to the hospital, there's also kind of this brief little scene of, uh, a little girl, I think it is showing up to the hospital with a rag in her mouth because mm-hmm. her mouth is cut. And we learn later that her mouth is cut by razor blades. Yeah. Cause it's, it's Halloween. Someone put razor in her candy, Someone man. Someone put razor blades in they're her. Just, yeah. They're just like furthering that urban legend. And it has nothing to do with the story no. at all. Right. It's just like this little girl who's like, right kids, razor blades in the apples. Just be careful. Well, I just want to remind you it's Halloween. I guess so. Yeah. It's just a, in case you forgot. It's um, a good reminder. I yeah. like it. Yeah, so um, so the sheriff and Loomis basically uh, run around looking for Michael Myers, whipping themselves up into a, a fury about it, and then they spot this figure who looks very Michael Myers-ish. We're like, hey, hey you, hey, come over here. And he... He's wearing he's wearing the coveralls. Yep. He's wearing the mask. Yeah, mask. It's similar. Similar. Mask, similar. But, um, you know, Dr. Loomis is in such a hysteric state. I will say that, like, on Halloween night, if I saw someone as insane as Dr. Loomis, like, being like, hey, you, girl, come here. Over here. Like, I wouldn't go... I'd be running away, too. Yeah, so, but like, uh... uh no, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so this figure runs out into the road and... Yeah, he uh, he gets hit by another police officer's car, pinned to a van, and then the van explodes yeah. with him pinned, and he's sort of fried yeah. in just a big like like that's how that's how we're starting this thing. Yeah, it's really astounding. Yeah, and uh, so like at first, you know, they want you to think like they got him, they yeah. killed him. Yeah, but Loomis is a little bit like, is it him? Is it not him? And then also you're like, eh, did we kill Michael Myers in the first twenty minutes of this movie? Probably not. Probably um, not. Uh, so then, uh, we go back to the hospital, which by the way, is the quietest hospital, most empty hospital yeah, in the entire world. Why do they never use a paging system in this movie? <laughs> yeah, they don't. That's, that's why it seems weird. Cause it's a right. totally deathly quiet hospital. Yeah. And like every movie ever lets you know that they're going to be, uh, paging Dr. Kerr. Totally. Dr. Kerr. Yeah. There, none of that. No. And also like the lights aren't on ever no. at all. And there's like six people that work there in the entire thing and one patient yeah. and it's Lori and okay. that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we go back to the hospital and uh, Jimmy checks on, checks in on Lori 
And I will say there's this sort of, their relationship's a little bit strange to me. I feel like Lance Guest gets away with a lot in this movie because he's pretty cute. But when he's kind of checking on her, it seems very overly familiar. And I feel like you're not quite, like, she seems to recognize him and be happy to see him. And so you're sort of like, is he falling for her? Or is it that thing where he's always liked her? Yeah. And now she's, I don't know. Do you know I what I mean? I think it's like a, he always liked her thing. He always liked her thing? And okay, now, like, it. he's like, she's been through this trauma, right. and I'm going to be the hero, <laughs> and I'm going to make it. He's like, like, my moment is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's why I think it's so adorable. Okay, like, got he it. He clearly likes her. Got it. And she's like, oh, he's kind of cute, but she's in a, like a crazy state. So, sure. Like, not yeah, maybe not you're like looking flirting. at boys. Sure. Uh-huh. Okay, I guess so, yeah. Because there's a lot of, like, Jimmy checking back in on Lori throughout this. And, and they, they, they they seem to want to keep them apart. Yeah. Why do they want to keep them apart? <laughs> Why do you want to keep them apart? Also, because she was just through a huge trauma and, like, her nurse is like, go away. Yeah. Stop creeping on her right now. <laughs> which is, like, fair enough. Um, so we meet some of the other uh, – well, Annie is wheeled out. So the actress who plays Annie in the original film makes brief appearance um, before she gets zipped into a body bag. Um, and then we meet the other nurses at the hospital. Um, one of them is Janet, who's, like, the goody-goody nurse. And then the other is this uh, woman named Karen, who to me is like totally PJ Souls as a nurse, like in this oh, movie. Like she's, yeah. that's exactly the character. Like that's, that's precisely who she is. Uh, she has the scene like with her, f- her friend dropping her off, right? Yeah. That we never see again? No. What is with that? I feel, I don't know what that, I, there's a couple shots like that in this movie where I feel like they're obviously like reshots or, or reshoots or things to like just kind of make the timeline a bit more clear because it's that cause she sort of has that thing where she comes back and she was gone longer than she was supposed to be. She's starting her shift late. Right. She always starts her shift late and then there's that nurse that's like the head nurse who's a hard ass who's like, I'm telling you, Karen, you're a great nurse, but one more time, which again makes me feel like she's just meant to be the PJ Souls character who like she doesn't follow the rules and okay. also she's promiscuous and also, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I feel like that's just, I don't know, I feel like that that scene is just to kind of make that character more. It just makes it seem like a dick. She's just like a, for her, like she's just being a jerk to her friends. Yeah, but this is exactly it goes back to my point. Like PJ Souls, like this I, is you know what okay. I mean. It goes yeah. back like are these girls really friends from the original film? Right, probably not because right. they're so mean to Lori and like you know what I mean. So yeah, um, but her per- promiscuous counterpart yes, is uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's friend Bud. Yeah, who's and, the other EMT? Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say what he sings because I know you won't hear it, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he he. This is you know when you introduce a character and you want to let them know the kind of person you are. You have them sing a song that's something like this: uh, "Amazing Grace, come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. I need your pie." Yeah, Marion does that, and I go, eh, okay. <laughs> This guy. I wonder what that guy's doing later. Um, so basically, Michael figures out that Lori's at the hospital in a very kind of weird scene where a kid is walking by with holding a boombox that's playing music, but briefly cuts in to play the news to tell everybody like what's gone on over at Lori's house. And P.S. She's been taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, and so he's just walking. This kid passes with the boombox with the information. Pause. Keep walking. Like just, yeah. you know, like, oh. okay, now I know where I'm going. Now I know where I'm going. Thanks, um, Boombox. Thanks, Boombox. Um, so uh, so Jimmy also tells Lori, too, when he's checking in on her for, like, multiple times of, like, basically who Michael Myers is yeah. and that he's escaped from an asylum and kind of what the deal is because in the original film, Lori has no idea. It's basically like she went to babysit. Like, she doesn't know anything about who yeah. this guy's deal is. She went for a night of babysitting. Everybody was murdered. This weirdo just tried to kill her. And she has no context for these events. So Jimmy's 
she's the one who kind of like, by the way, this is kind of why. And she's like, why me? Why? And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry. Why you? Why you? I guess I'll, we'll probably answer that in about 45 minutes, yeah. but nobody knows now. <laughs> um, so, so they, yeah. So they continue basically in the quietest hospital and basically Michael shows up and then the plucking off one by one of all six people who work at the hospital starts. Um, I think the security guard gets it first with the hammer. Yes. In the so he, face. Michael really like kind of goes all over the place with his killing styles in this movie yeah. as well. Because in the first one you have stabbing, you have garroting, but like he kind of expands on that and adds a bunch of different repertoire yeah. of like weapons. <laughs> well, like they, like Randy says in number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate, more blood, more more gore, carnage candy. So carnage yeah, candy. so right. yeah, I feel like this was, this was, the movie definitely was like, all right, well, we're going to, we have all the same, we have, you know, our same kind of heroine and it's the exact same night and the shooting style is the same. But what I'm going to add to it is just, he's going to kill people in like 90 different ways, right. which again, I think adds to more confusion. Like, why is he doing this? Because when he kills the security guard, obviously- right. I don't think there's a sexual well, element to that, or I maybe there is. Like I don't know. That, I think that's one of the problems I have with sequels is, it, is they don't really care like about mm-hmm. consistency and mm-hmm. like a through line on a character and like mm-hmm. what is this character's like psychology. Like those kind of things kind of get pushed aside. Mm-hmm. Be in in lieu of bigger kills, you know, right. more carnage, and it's, yeah. it's so they're not really like why why would Michael do this? Because right. only geeks like us think about that. Yeah, you know, everybody else is like, yeah, he but, just kills him with a hammer. But I don't think I just think it's a it's a weakness of the character. Like I don't think it's a huge ask to have a killer like Michael Myers and then just kind of have like a deal. Like right. it can be a really pl- like a really I think sometimes in sequels the deal gets abandoned yes. and I feel like you can at least come up in the original Halloween with a theory on what the deal is but the sequel totally abandons it I mean it's still really fun and you know if you're just like cool kills is like your bag in horror films this is the movie for you but right. like yeah I feel like whatever theory you had in the original Halloween this movie does not try and adhere to that at all yeah no you're right yeah um and so they uh they check on the burn body and they don't they can't really fit ID him they're not like, sure if it really Dr. Loomis is like, you need to, you need, Tell me right you now. have to know. I have to know if this is Michael. Because I'm going to monologue like nine more times if you don't. Yes. And they don't. And, uh, um, and, but meanwhile, an angry mob has gathered outside the Myers home. Um, and uh, they start throwing rocks and like all this kind of stuff. And that's when some kids come up to the sheriff and Loomis. And they're like, hey, um, our friend Ben Tramer, like he was out trick or treating. And I can't, I can't find him. We don't know where he is. And if you'll remember, Ben Tramer from the original film is the boy that Laurie has a crush on. And, and Annie and yeah, uh, they talk on the phone. Yeah, and it's really cute. And he's gonna come over later. And girls like us go, "No, Ben Tramer, Ben Tramer, who we've never met nor never seen." But we're just like, "Oh, Ben Tramer," you know, because if Lori liked him, I guess I'm basically just picturing Lance Guest. Basically, maybe, yeah, maybe that's just all I'm. I'm really seeing. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, it's obvious like that's who died. Is that it's it's Ben Tramer? They and just it's not. Dr. Loomis straight up killed Ben Tramer. He for, could, yeah, uh-huh. for no good reason. He's and a does, kid trick or treating. Yeah, and it doesn't. And doesn't like take pause with that at no. all it's not like not huh, bothered weird. by it i definitely just killed a teenager back there like in my you know mo- which is crazy too because like they find that information when they're trying to calm down the mob right. and yet their own mob mentality like completely caused the death of i mean also this kid ran on the street but it basically caused the death of this kid and they're just like mm. all right so michael i gotta find michael I gotta just no pause no nothing um 
Dr. Loomis should pay for Dave Ben Tramer's death. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I guess you can make an argument he does at the end here, but yeah. But not, not, not in Ben's memory. No. I feel like pausing to kind of think about his effect on other people is not really in Dr. Loomis's wheelhouse. That's... He's got kind of tunnel vision at he this point. He does. He's like, Michael Myers is all that exists. Also Michael Myers. Yeah, he doesn't eat, doesn't, like, nothing. Just this well, guy the whole time. It's a bad night for Dr. Loomis. It is, it is a bad night. Um, so then we go back to the hospital, and Karen and Bud, uh, they have a hot tub scene where they're getting frisky in the hot tub um and this the the way they do the shoot this kill thing scene is kind of interesting because they're in the kind of the hot tub together or like a therapy tub or whatever together and then uh it's getting too hot so bud gets out and then they have that kind of cool shot where like she's in the foreground just kind of like and he's getting strangled in another room like through shadow in the back but then what happens right afterwards just made me go um she she gets out and then Michael kind of slowly comes in and she's, I think, naked yeah, or putting a towel on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's what makes me feel like there's a sexual component to this killer because he just, after just strangling her boyfriend, is just so com- super composed and walks up right behind her and he puts his hand on her shoulder and she takes his hand and puts his fingers in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, vomit in my mouth. Like, that's so gross. But he doesn't like, until she realizes it's not Bud, then he kills her. But, she but like, he he lets that beat go on for oh, like quite a bit. I feel like I would know what my boyfriend's hand feels <laughs> or tastes, tastes like. like. Yeah. Like, if it just said, so ra- his hand is gross. You yeah. see how gross his hand of was? Course I was like, gross. Um, but Michael's getting, he's getting pretty bold yeah. going up, you know, like doing right. that beforehand. And yeah, yeah if, 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 but he doesn't just come up and just like clobber. It's like, he comes up and like, just like really lets it play out. And then in the meantime, he's like cranked the hot tub all the way up. So the moment she does figure it out, he shoves her head in and like melt drowns her. Yeah, boils her face. Boils kinda. her face. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of boils her face. But not his hand. His hand's fine. Yeah. His hand, no, his, his gross hand, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but yeah. So this is, this is the question. Yeah. What is Michael Myers deal? <laughs> How can he not? He's 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 been shot. He's not bleeding everywhere as he should be. Right, right? like you think there'd be. Well, he does at the end, at the very end. But like this whole movie, he should be leaving this gigantic trail of blood everywhere (laughs) he goes. He should be super easy to find. Yeah, you would think so. Um, Not bleeding. No burning uh, water seemed to have no effect. No, he's like the opposite of a hemophiliac. Like whatever that is, that's Michael. Maybe that that's the that's maybe that's the weird disease he has that makes him insane. Like I have no idea. Um, so uh, so then we kind of go into this sort of a weird thing where like they go into a they go into a classroom and the classroom has been broken into and this word what is it samhain yeah has been written on the board and loomis knows everything comes in and is like oh samhain that's the celtic lord of death and and i don't know what the point of that is kind of like i don't know why michael myers is writing the celtic lord of death title on a board is it is it him he thinks he's the celtic lord of death like I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, that like, I, th- I feel like that's like the red herring like... to just get the, Dr. Loomis not at the hospital yet. Okay. It's like, oh, maybe he's at the elementary school and then you go in there and then Got it's it. written on there. But like, it could have been anybody. Yeah. Like, why do they? I guess so. I know that I remember later on the uh, the Halloween that Paul Rudd's in, uh, yeah. that, that whole thing kind of comes back and they sure. try and really like make a meal out of that. But yeah, it was just sort of a thing where you're like, Sam Hain? And then he kind of Googles, he kind of, not Googles, he, uh, <laughs> he Googles <laughs> he it. Googles it. Um, 1981. He, <laughs> he kind, kind of monologues about what that means and more theories. And I don't know. It was just kind of confusing. I don't really know what the point of that was. I don't know. I no. Don't know. 
Um, but then uh, also coming back uh, is Marion, who is the nurse from the original film, comes back and it's like, hey, Dr. Loomis. And he's like, who the hell are you? And uh, she's like, I'm the nurse from the first movie for the audience. Um, and basically it's like, you've been called back to the psychiatric ward. Like, And he's like, no, no, but I've got to find him. And he's like, no. What did she say? Like the governor? The governor ordered it. And I'm like, no, he did not. But that's fine. <laughs> um, but the governor ordered it. So like they have to go. So so they go back um, and then we go back to the hospital and then the goody goody Janet, I think she's the one who gets it. They do that shot that they do from the previous film where she goes in to see another doctor who has gotten it in the eye. And as she backs up, Michael like emerges from the darkness yeah. mask first, uh-huh. um, which is an exactly which is a stolen shot from the movie, from yeah. the previous film. It's a, um, it's a you should do that shot every movie. Yeah, it's great. It's a great shot. It's a great shot. But then yeah, he takes a hypodermic needle and put like jabs it into her temple like in a very precise kind of way which it's like but and the doctor has in his eyes right yeah so but she doesn't she gets it like in the temple like i don't know it's just very like michael's trying out different things just go kill laurie like what are you doing why are you killing every other person in here but laurie and then also do you remember like before there's a nurse who later tries to go out to the parking lot to escape because she kind of gets that feeling like maybe all's not right here in this creepy hospital and all the tires have been slashed And I was like, what? Like, Michael showed up at the hospital. The, I mean, you know, in, you know, admittedly empty hospital with all six cars. But if he really just wants to go kill Lori, why is he slashing the tires? And disconnecting of, the engines. Of all the staff. Mm-hmm. Every car in the parking lot what? went through, broke, not only slashed Her? the tires, but also disconnected all of the engines. Yeah. Before he went in. How come? Because my, Michael Myers. Because <laughs> uh, Michael Myers. You know. <laughs> that's going to be our answer that, for everything. Yeah, this. that's all there is. Hey, Julia, why did you do that? Uh, Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. <laughs> um, Michael Myers is the answer. I guess so. Um, so then uh, so then Lori starts to, you know, they've tried to drug her, but I think she did the thing where, like, they try and drug you and you take the pills, but then you don't take the pills. Which is never quite clear. It is, it is not clear. It no. has, is she, like, she, like, fakes, fakes? That yeah. she's like having an OD on some drug, but is she really OD? Yeah. They don't really, I think she's faking it. it. Yeah, it's not there, but it's just basically to get out of the room because she realizes the telephones don't work and this is, she's just a sitting duck and she doesn't want to just wait. I don't know. I wish I they, I wish they would explain how she figures it out. Yeah. Like she never, like she figures it out mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm going to like put pillows in my bed and yeah. like hide around so I can get out and but there's nothing other than like people not coming in, yeah. which is not really a sign. Or the telephone not working, right? But that's one thing. The telephones don't work. And so she thinks, she's like, oh, he's here. Like, that's such a like a crazy connection sure, for her sure. to make. I wish they would give you one more moment if she's like, oh, right. I, do, I know for sure she sees him out the window or like whatever the yeah, deal is. Yeah, but don't you think it's kind of the case where like paranoia is the better part of valor in yeah. this case? Because considering everything that she's just been go th- going through, if you're taken to a hospital and then you try and make a call and like you get that disconnected, you're like, yeah, forget it. I'm just because if you're wrong, you're just a crazy woman hiding in the basement. Right. But like, if you're right, yeah. then like you've saved your bacon. So. And of course, she is right, and she is very, very right. Yeah, because uh, Jimmy goes looking for the head nurse uh, and finds her uh, in an operating room in kind of a cool sequence. Like, kind of that's one, but again, overly elaborate death. Michael has like knocked out this woman and uh, stuck an IV in her, so basically all her blood drips out onto the floor, so he's basically bled her to death a drop at a time. Which is great. Which is amazing. How did he figure out how to do that? How does he have the time to do that? These are the questions I have. Because Michael Michael Myers! Myers. (laughs) Okay, this is the question. But Uh, this this is my favorite shot in the movie because we get Lance Guest in Mm -hmm. this incredible pratfall where he slips in the blood and falls. He did it himself. 
on the first take. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, because like it, it's that thing where he kind of walks in and sees her, but when he suddenly realizes he is in a pool of blood and does that quick turn to leave like in a panic, and then it's like, shoot, bam, um, right on his head. And it's it's great. It's a great prep fall. Two thumbs up, Lance it, It's a great it's a great sound too. It's like that sweet, sweet. Like, yeah, yeah. I like Sneaker that on blood on linoleum. <laughs> yeah. That sound. <laughs> that sound, you know. It's, that's a solid sound. Um so basically, yeah, like Lori has sort of, you know, like hundred percent knows what's up. And so she escapes into the parking lot where she discovers that none of the cars will work. And so she's sort of trying to like hide, like hide underneath uh, a bunch of cars. And when we go back to Loomis and Marion who are driving back with a state truck trooper that's when we get another epic loomis monologue about like the nature of michael and evil and nobody will believe him and um i don't think he even cares that anyone's listening or not listening like i think he's just <laughs> he's monologuing in the true sense yes. where he's just to hear himself talk it is it's full soliloquy um but uh that's when marion uh is like oh by the way there was this file on michael a special file and loomis is like there's no special files i've seen all the files i'm an expert and she's like actually and in the file she reveals that Michael is actually Lori's brother and that, uh, I know, stop making a face, I'm going to keep talking. Um, and so, um, and that uh, Lori was actually uh, a Myers child and that she was adopted by the Strodes after the whole thing went down um, back in the 60s when he killed his first sister. <clears throat> so the point of this, mm-hmm. I think, uh, is to answer questions left by the night he came home, why did he come home? Right. Why, did, you know, that Lori is also home, I think. Um, but I don't think Lori's ever informed of this that, by the way, Michael is your brother. And well, it's your she brother has like a kind of like a flashback where she like kind of remembers maybe going to see him in the hospital. Right. Uh, but maybe. But there's no like bing, no. you know, where um, she puts it together. And so I feel like they're trying to answer some questions. They are. The job's not done. He's got to come finish the job. Right. Okay, and so the point of all this is like kill Lori, kill Lori. P.S. I just really enjoy killing loads of people on the way. Yeah. He's just, you know, they're in my way. So here we are. I guess um, so. Okay. So uh, the, the problems I have with this. Okay. <laughs> First of all, uh, where are Michael's parents? They never discuss. Did mm-hmm. he kill his parents? Mm-hmm. Because hmm, they never say anything about him. I feel like where... they chucked that kid into an insane asylum and then they were like, Aah! Okay, like... great. Well, why didn't they take Lori with them? Right. Um, but also they say that Lori is two years younger. Than Michael? Yes. Okay. So if Michael's six, she's four. He's totally good. Like she would remember completely. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hmm? Yeah. Just make the age gap different. Like, there's so many yeah, different yeah. ways you could do it to make mm-hmm. sense, and this pit just doesn't, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, like, it's like someone threw out a theory, and then someone's like, but what about this, this, and this? And they go, nah, it's fine. Nobody will care. What about if they're brother and sister? Ooh, yeah. good one. Um, so, uh, so why Lori's hiding out in the car, uh, Jimmy shows up, and so oh. you're like, yay, Jimmy, and so he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get us out of here, I'll get us out, but obviously he's hit his head so hard that he doesn't know what's going on, and so, uh, trying to start the car, which he can't start, and Lori's like, no, no, it's not gonna work, he passes out, but he passes out forward on the horn. Wait, I thought that she just goes in the car and he's just there. No, and I think like, he comes in the car, and like, isn't which is already there. And then... Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like it's like that moment where he opens the door and she's like, Wah! and then it's like Jimmy. And so he's just like, hey. And it like and it the scene is very odd because he kind of looks at her and it's like, does he see her? Does he not see her? Like it's I don't know. It's, is it from is it from his like hitting his head on the so. floor? Is that yeah. what it's supposed to be? I think because so. Because Marin and I have a we really believe that yeah. the Jimmy's Jimmy is abandoned after this in the movie. Yeah. But we believe that Jimmy is not dead. 100%. And that Jimmy and, and Lori drive <laughs> off into the sunset together. In a magical world. In a magical 
magical world. That's what we <laughs> that believe. That all the sequels have totally ignored every time Lori's <laughs> ever come back. But whatever. In our hearts, they details, live on. Shmi tales. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, so, so, so Lori has to kind of push him off the horn, but she's like, oh, he's going to know I'm out here. Yeah. So she opens the door and like falls onto the ground. Um, and She does some, some quality crawling. Yeah, there's some good crawling. Crawling on like gravel. Yeah. And like, she's just in a hospital gown and the terrible wig the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So she's, yeah, crawling through the hospital gown. And Loomis... Um, and everybody in the trooper. So, you know, Loomis, once he realizes that Michael is Lori's brother, he's like, turn this thing around. And so makes the state trooper go back. So Marion, the state trooper and Loomis show up at the hospital and Lori's like on the ground in the parking lot, like screaming for them and they don't hear her. And so they go into the hospital and then she's running towards the door to get back in and they've locked it. And so she's crossing the parking lot. Michael sees her and starts crossing the parking lot. And so you have the great like cut back and forth, like, let me in, let me in. It's like they're coming. Uh, scene and then they do see her let her in close it and then Michael just like walks right through that door that glass door like like, like he's like Terminator super, like yeah it's what? very too much <laughs> I'm just gonna walk through these glass doors now Ka-choom. yeah just not even gonna break my stride no um, ain't and... nothing gonna break my stride <laughs> <laughs> if they had shown that while this was happening oh, somebody just... somebody please cut that together please for us together. <laughs> oh the movie would go up so many notches um so yeah so the state trooper he gets shot a bunch more times and then the state trooper goes over to check check out to see if he's really dead and loomis is like don't do that and he does it anyway and then he gets like throat slit um but he shoot and i don't know why loomis is still shooting him in the chest like yeah. did we not remember the part where you screamed about shooting him six times and, and nothing happened did nothing. so he shoots him six more times and nothing happens um and so he and Lori kind of just go on the run in the hospital and basically end up trying to think where they actually end up they end up in kind of like it's like an operating room yeah but it has all those gas convenient gas canisters off to the well, side you need lots of gas types we'll see we'll see if that comes in handy um so basically yeah like michael stabs loomis so you think oh like he's out for the count and i really then, i really enjoy this finale can i just say this oh, like yeah, okay. they, i really enjoy that okay. you get loomis and laurie back together yeah in this like face off and that they do it in this tiny little room yeah they're like okay you guys have like six feet on the other side like yeah. what are you gonna do well also i kind of like too that again because Lori didn't know from the first movie what the hell happened i kind of like that she's like paired again with this man where she doesn't really know his full relationship to michael right like she doesn't know he's the shrink and so right. she's he's just, just like some guy who saves me this insane guy keeps showing up and saving me and she doesn't really know the deal and i like that they don't really stop to ask questions because you probably won't but like you wouldn't but like it, yeah i, I kind of like the two of them being paired together like even for a very short amount of time like uh-huh. that is kind of fun um, so yeah, so Lori does get the gun, uh, from Loomis after he's been stabbed and she cleverly, uh, shoots him, but shoots him twice, one shot in each eyeball. Nice um, shot. Nice shot. And also good idea, you yeah, know? Blind that motherfucker. Yeah. So that works. So he doesn't die, of course. Um, but he is staggering around and it looks like a little bit of pain. Yeah. So, but it looks like he's been inconvenienced. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, that that's a plus. Um, and so, yeah, basically he's like, they've, they're sort of turning on all the gas things as quickly as they can. And he's like blindly swiping at her. Um, and she's kind of like sliding out, staggering out. And then Loomis pops up, not really dead from the stab wound. And, tells Lori to go and he's gonna he's gonna Noble, take, nobly self-sacrifice he's gonna take care of it um and so uh so yeah so he basically once Lori kind of runs down the hallway she he Loomis stands up and flicks a lighter on um and turns it on and uh he lights the lights all the gas and it explodes in a pretty yeah. spectacular hallway explosion which I think I 
red when it was one of those things where it was way bigger than it was meant to. Uh-oh. So it was supposed to be the cool, like she's kind of walking away and this blows up. And the reason why she is like propelled forward is because the explosion was much bigger than it was intended to be. Uh-oh. Um, sorry, yeah. guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry Looks great that. on film, though. It did. Um, so basically, then we sort of, the end of the movie is uh, catatonic glory being wheeled into an ambulance. And um, the beginning of the movie, uh, Mr. Sandman was playing. And so it kind of ends in a sort of very evil dead kind of way where it's like happy music. Wrap over, around. Yeah. Yeah. Over terrible events. Um, I had read that you know how like, it's kind of that shot where it's like she's kind of in like the foreground and like on the far right side and the background's kind of empty. Mm-hmm. I had read that Jimmy was also meant to be in the ambulance with her and that he was going to pop up kind of Michael Myers Michael Myers style from the original film and and then it was re- and then she would like turn around like oh, is it him again? But then it turns out to be Jimmy and he's oh. okay and he's live. So yeah, so I had heard that that was shot, okay. but then not included in the film. Thus the confusion: Does Jimmy live or die? But they decided to just go with the catatonic ending oh, rather than the one last Jim- scare ending. The Jimmy ending. I know. <laughs> it's the Jimmy Why ending. Why did you not go for the Jimmy ending? I don't know. We love you, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, why is Michael Myers never blind again? Because he's totally been blinded by bullets. But I mean, also so many, so many questions. Um, like, why doesn't he leave the endless trail of blood? Right. Also, why is he superhuman? Yep. Also, because at least in the Jason example, you're just like, well, you came back from the dead. So powers? But like, Michael is just a kid who supposedly went crazy. Yep. So why does he have powers? Hmm. Horror, horror crowd out there. <laughs> Give us some answers. I know. Because I know that people are who there are people who whose Michael Myers is their number one. Like Freddy Krueger is my number they're one. Their number one. Yeah, there's got to be number people. one. Yes, there's got to be people whose Michael Myers is the number one killer. Unbelievable. People who are out there who like Michael Myers. Number one. Let uh-huh. us know why. What about these inconsistencies in these films? Yeah. Let us know. We want to know. Well, and I'll say that these the Halloween movies are really fun. Like it's a great idea. It's like you know, kind of a and I like sort of the simplicity of it in a sense where it's just like the boogeyman and you can't reason with him and he's just sort of the the silent stalking and you know all this kind of stuff and I feel like it can make for a lot of really fun atmospheric stuff the hospital stuff is very moody and mm-hmm. atmospheric and creepy as all get out yeah. I like that it's not I mean it doesn't make a lot of sense but it is really fun that it's really deserted and, and very set, dark set and a horror movie in a hospital yeah, is also like great a great idea fun idea tons of killing implements all the way around yeah. and you know you're at work and I feel like you don't really get like the workplace massacre is yeah. rare in a horror film and so you know you're like okay um, I, I guess I have that going for you but I think sort of it's like so the only weakness is sort of this thing that you feel like is should be easily controlled like mm-hmm. the motivation yeah, however simple it is of your guy and have it not be confusing. Like, I think it'd be very cool if he was just obsessed with killing all of his family. Right. Like, if every sequel was just like, I'm going to get mom, I'm going to get dad, I'm going to get these uncles, two. Cousins. Do you know what I mean? All of them. And then also on the way, because you spent your entire life in insane asylum, you do have some repressed weird sexual stuff. Right. Like, I think that, but I feel like there's so much of these, even in the first two films, that contradict that, that mm-hmm. you're like, wait, what? Wait, what? And so... It gets a little confusing. But, but Lori is an excellent final girl. And she, is. she has the, you know, the paranoia of the evening had really saves her saves her life in this and she really is like, okay, well, I'm just gonna do this thing and this thing and this thing. And yeah. like she seems to have really yeah. ramped it up from the first one. And she doesn't take anything for granted. Like the yeah. only I think she does after she shoots him in the eyeballs, she does drop the gun, but she's also like immediately bailing out of the room. So, but I like that, yeah, I like that her paranoia like totally saves her because she's like, oh, no, no, 
last night was horrible. So like, or this like, night. or this night, yeah, a few hours ago, it's a horrible bad night. It's a bad night. Um, so yeah, I like that she kind of uses her guile, even though she's not in this movie as much as I would like. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is a really good actress, and so you you do really root for her, and you do want her to like sort it out. Um, and I just think it's a great idea to have a movie where her terror continues in the place where she ought to be recovering. Like, that's very cool. Yeah, because you should feel comfortable and yeah. safe in a hospital. And yet... Just kidding. Well, that's, and that's something that good horror movies do is they take some place that is a very... Well, I guess nobody's really comfortable in a hospital. They're kind of not that fun. Yeah, but I, th- I don't think you expect to be like Michael Myers slaughtered. That's true. Probably not. Yeah. Probably I hope not. not. <laughs> I know. Hi, <laughs> Terry. Uh, so we have a gore factor. So, uh, I mean, I'm do a little caveat before I say this gore factor. Uh, so I was in uh, London recently and I met with one of our fans uh, in London. Oh, really? Hi, Simon. Um, hi, oh, Simon. Hi, Simon. We met, and uh, he was very nice, and he uh, gave me some horror movie pins, which I was very excited about. Nice. A, te- a Texas Chainsaw Massacre pin. Oh, cool. And uh, it pin, very nice, uh, and some psycho pins. So he asked me, being from England, doesn't know what a Dixie cup is. Oh, fair. So I was like, okay, let's let's let the viewers know a Dixie cup is is very. It's like a shot glass. Right. It's very small. In paper plastic form. Yes. Right. It's like those little cups by a, by a, um, like a water cooler right. that you pull out and get a quick sip of water and then crumple and chuck. But maybe the water cups are different in England. I don't know. But no. Oh, different size, you different mean? Different size, different um, shape. Who knows? Okay, got Dixie it. Dixie cups apparently don't translate. Now I know. <laughs> now you know what a Dixie cup is. There you go. Okay, so gore factor is, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. We gave this film a four. Yeah. It's, it's, pre- a, it's, it's a good gross. gore. We yeah. Got, we got some good stuff. We've yeah. got a whole puddle of blood. You do literally have a puddle of blood. Yeah. And that lady getting sort of like melt drowned. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, maybe the grossest thing, though, is really for me, his fingers in her mouth. Like, I can't get over it. Like, I don't want Michael Myers' fingers in my mouth. Like, whoa. What like, about Ben Tremor getting barbecued? That's pretty. That was pretty gnarly. Pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, kid. That did not work out. Uh, movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five is fantastical. We were feeling real generous when we watched this movie <laughs> back in the day because uh, we both gave this a four and a half. Yeah, so halfway yeah. between not too shabby and fantastical. Yeah. So now you would lower your rating? A little bit, yeah. I think, but I, I will say I do really, really like the idea. And I think this is one element of a, of a sequel that, could make it successful for me is the picking up the moment where it let, lets yeah. off. I think that's great, especially Genius. if you have a final girl, final boy, right. because I do think it does a good... Uh, the other thing I think these sequels need to do is they inter- introduce new characters that you can really root for, and I think in Jimmy, they really do. Like, you immediately... There is no kind of boyfriend character for Laurie in the original, right. so I think kind of giving her that character in the sequel immediately like he's just great and you just want it all to work out for him and even though he's in like six scenes you know you you know so I feel like the picking it up exactly where it left off mm-hmm. works really well I like the copying of the style I think that's very cool I just think again the things that I don't like about it and would make me be less generous really has to do with the character of Michael Myers more right. so than this particular film yeah yeah as far as sequel goes I think it's excellent um uh you know it 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 has a lot of the you know, because sequels are hard, and they're yeah. a lot of them are not very good. And this one, I'm like, it's just a it's a good film. Yeah. Um, and you have it's interesting that you have Jimmy, who you do like, and then mm-hmm. you have all these throwaway characters that you don't care about. But and you they, don't get you don't waste a lot of time with them, right. which is great. They didn't give them like endless scenes where we're with Karen and Bud for like nine years. You yeah, know, thank it's like God. nobody cares about Karen and Bud. Sorry, Karen and Bud, but like Kill them, nobody please. cares. You know, so, but it's like, but I feel like the longer sort of conversational scenes are with Jimmy and Lori, and yeah. like that's the thing. Like well, that's I hope in this in these new Halloween movies they bring Jimmy back. I know. Oh, that would be cool. 
why not? That's what I say. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. Um, so uh, next week, we're going to be going on to another sequel. Uh, this one is... Uh, Shot by the same director, yeah, so, as the original. So, so that's, that's always yeah. So the, that's something else that we're uh, going to cover in sequels is when the director actually does carry over. Also, something very rare. It is very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we'll be talking about Pet Cemetery Two. Two. Yep. Two. Two with Edward Furlong um, and Anthony Edwards and Clancy Brown. Eddie Furlong. <laughs> you're going to hear me say that a lot. I'm really excited about Eddie Furlong. You're having. You're being warned now. I'm everyone. also excited about Eddie Furlong. So. Everyone in the Yay. world should be excited oh. about Eddie Furlong. <laughs> awesome. God. We'll see you next week. Pet Cemetery Two <laughs> and Eddie Furlong. Oh, <laughs> see yum. you guys. Yum, that hair. Floppy <gasps> hair. Dream. You have to calm down. <laughs> There's no calming down right now. <laughs>